Well, good evening and welcome to Cross Point Church. This is Good Friday. And whether you're here in Sioux Falls or somewhere out there in cyberspace, we're grateful and thankful that you've chosen to take the time to come and spend these moments with us together. Just so you know, um, we'll be back again on Easter Sunday morning at 1030. And if you'd care to watch that service and worship with us, we'd, uh, we'd appreciate that as well. If you're not able to be here right at 1030, the service is available on the website and you can watch it anytime after that. The Christian calendar identifies today as Good Friday, and so we want to take a, a few minutes and reflect on just what exactly happened so many years ago on this day that ended up being called Good Friday. Uh, we recognize that it was almost 2,000 years ago when Jesus, our Savior, was crucified. But one question that's commonly asked is this, if this is the day when Jesus was crucified, why do we call it Good Friday? I mean, what's good about it? The Savior of the world died today. And so, I guess the short answer for that is, we don't call it good because Jesus died. We call it good because this is the day when Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood and paid the full price for all of our sin. That's why we call this Good Friday. Now, um, in a moment, we're going to take a look and we're going to read through a, a big portion of Matthew 27. So if you want to get your Bible turned there, in a, we'll be there in a minute. But before we read that, I, uh, I want us to take a step back and just think about what happened last week. Not in our life, but from Good Friday, in that week in and around Jerusalem. What happened last week? And how did we get to this Friday? Well, we know that last Sunday was Palm Sunday. That was the day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of the donkey, and everyone proclaimed him as their king. It's recorded for us in Mark 11. It says, Hosanna, he, Hosanna, he who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. That was, that was last Sunday. Then on Monday... The Gospels tell us that it was on Monday when Jesus was outside Jerusalem and he cursed the fig tree. That story is available if you want to go back and read it in Matthew 21. So that was Sunday. And then on Monday was the fig tree. Then on Tuesday, well on Tuesday Jesus is in Jerusalem. And uh, it's almost sad to think about. But once again he got in a disagreement with the elders and the chief priests and the Pharisees. It seemed to be a common thing with Jesus when he would get in town. All these supposed religious leaders would find little points to argue things with him. And they did it again on Tuesday. That would be just three days ago. That was during the day. And then on Tuesday night, the Gospels tell us that Jesus and the disciples went out to Bethany, just a little village two miles or so outside of town, they had supper in the home of Simon the leper. It's recorded for us in Matthew 26. And while they're having supper in the home of Simon, this is when the woman comes with the expensive oil and ointment in the alabaster jar. Her name is Mary, and she anoints Jesus' feet. Uh, we now know that that was a symbolic act to prepare him for burial. So we have last Sunday, the ride on the donkey. 
Last Monday, the cursing of the fig tree. Last Tuesday during the day, the disagreement with the Pharisees in downtown Jerusalem. And last Tuesday at night was Jesus being anointed with oil by Mary. Then we are on Wednesday. Now we're two days ago. On Wednesday, well, the Gospels don't tell us anything about what happened on Wednesday. They're just completely silent. Maybe Jesus just spent the time alone with his disciples because Jesus, being God in the flesh and being omniscient, he knows what's coming. Maybe Jesus just chose to spend Wednesday alone with his disciples. But whatever happened, there is no record of it. And then comes Thursday. Well, that, that would have been yesterday. Thursday is sometimes referred to as Maundy Thursday. Jesus and his disciples come back into Jerusalem because, well, just think about it, because like all good Jewish people, they wanted to eat the Passover meal. After all, Jewish people have been eating, at this point, Jewish people had been eating the Passover meal every year for 1,300 years. Why would they do anything different this year? So Jesus and the disciples come back into town and they look for a place where they can have the Passover meal. According to Mark 24, uh, Mark 14, verse 26, after the meal was over, Jesus had washed the feet of the disciples, and then they all left and went out to the Mount of Olives. Mark 14, verse 26 says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, have you ever thought about this? I mean, if you're like me, so many times we just read over these words. When they, we're talking about Jesus and the disciples, when they had sung a hymn, have you ever thought about Jesus singing? Or the disciples singing? I wonder which ones were really good singers. And I wonder which ones, well, they sing kind of like I sing. You can't call that singing, even though we call it singing. And I wonder about Jesus. Yes, I know he was perfect and sinless, but I don't know that that means he was an excellent singer. But he loved to sing. And I love to sing. But sometimes we read over this verse. When they had sung a hymn, then they went out to the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is this, well, there's this little hill just on the eastern edge of Jerusalem. It's not really a mountain. It's kind of like a hill. And at this time, 2,000 years ago, there was olive groves, olive trees all over on that hill. And it's there on the Mount of Olives when Jesus begins to pray. This is on the night before he's crucified. And that prayer is recorded for us, if you want to read it. It's recorded for us in John 17, where Jesus prays for basically three things. But you can read that. And before the night is over, while Jesus is there on the Mount of Olives praying, Jesus is arrested. Now let's turn to Matthew 27. In verse 2 of Matthew 27, Jesus appears before Pilate, the governor. Now I'm going to read, and I'd like you to follow along in your Bibles. I'm going to read beginning in verse 11, Matthew 27, verse 11. And I'm going to read 10 or 20 verses. So let's just follow along to kind of get an idea of now what's happening. It's the middle of the night when Jesus is arrested. And now they bring him back into the city of Jerusalem. Verse 11, now Jesus stood before the governor. Are you the king of the Jews, the governor asked him? Jesus answered, you have said it. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he didn't answer. 
Verse 13. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how much they are testifying against you? But he didn't answer him on even one charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. At the festival, the governor's custom was to release to the crowd a prisoner they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who is it you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Messiah? For he knew they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judge's bench, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for today I've suffered terribly in a dream because of him. The chief priests and the elders, however, persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to execute Jesus. The governor asked them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? Barabbas, they answered. Pilate asked them, What should I then do with Jesus, who is called Messiah? They all answered, Crucify him. Then he said, Why? What has he done wrong? But they kept shouting, Crucify him all the more. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that a riot was starting instead, he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, and said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. All the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. Now skip down just for a couple more verses. Skip down to verse 45. Let's go back to verse, let's look at 26. But then he released Barabbas, but after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. Now verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge and filled it with wine, fixed it on a reed and offered him a drink. But the rest said, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly, the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And they came out of the tombs after his resurrection, entered the holy city, and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they were terrified, and they said, This man really was God's son. This evening, on Good Friday, we wanted to take just a few minutes to pause and remember the day and the events of that day of when Jesus willingly suffered and died and shed his blood as the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. But today, today's not the end of the story. Today's Friday. Sunday's still coming. Next Sunday, two days from now, We'll celebrate Easter Sunday. But there would never be an Easter without a Good Friday. I hope you can join us again in two days on Sunday morning when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And I encourage you to take some time over the next day or so and think about 
what it means that Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood for your sin. I hope that you're able to take a break from the busyness of your lives and to think of what happened and how that impacts your life and how it has the potential to impact the lives of thousands and millions of people. And there's many people here in this world today who are so caught up with the situation we're currently in around the world with corona that they're wondering, where is God? And, and what do I have to do to have a relationship with Him? Listen for those conversations and be ready to tell them about the faith that you have in Jesus. So I look forward to worshiping with you again in two days on Easter Sunday. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm grateful that you are in absolute control of everything that happened. And, and Lord God, I just ask that I and other Christians around the world, that we would take a break from some of the busyness of our lives, some of the things that consume us, some of the things that take all our attention. And Lord, for the next day or two, that we would live different lives, quiet lives, as we reflect on the fact that there really was a time Jesus went to the cross and he died for me. And God, we thank you for accepting his blood as the full and final payment for our sin. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.